Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. All right, we're looking at Luke 12, verses 13 to 14. So let's read it together. It says, someone from the crowd... Sorry, we're going from 13 to 34, my bad. Someone from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Friend, he said to him, Who appointed me judge or arbiter over you? He told them, Watch out and be on guard against all greed, because of one, one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. Then he told them a parable. A rich man had a land that was very productive. He thought to himself, What should I do? Since I don't have anywhere to store my crops, I will... Do this, and I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones and store all my grains and my goods there. Then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is demanded of you. And the thing you have prepared, whose will they be? That is how it is with one who is, stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Then he said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They do not have a storeroom or a barn, yet God feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than the birds? Can any of you add a moment to his, his, his lifespan by worrying? If then you are not able to do even a little thing, why worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothed the grass, which is in the field today and is thrown in the furnace tomorrow, how much more will he do for you? You have little faith. Don't strive for what you should eat and what you should drink. And don't be anxious. For the Gentile world eagerly seeks all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be provided for you. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your Father delights to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Make money bags for yourselves that won't grow old, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God, we give you thanks for your word. Lord, we pray as we open it up now, it would minister to us. It would change our behavior. Our, our habits would shift from what we hear today. God, we thank you that you have made it so that we can be here in this moment Lord, to hear from you. And we pray, Father God, that our ears and our hearts and our eyes would be open and attentive. 
and our hearts would be ready, Lord God, to do what you say, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So today I want to talk to you about generosity. We have a generous God. All right, Yogi's already ready. And what this text says to you and me is that God wants us to be generous people. Whenever God blesses you by giving you something, and God gives you a lot of things, whenever God gives you something, he is blessing you to make you a blessing. And that's what this text says to us today. There's a man in this text that's forgotten that. It says, someone from the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Right away you see that family fighting over money is nothing new. He says, tell him. And Jesus says, friend, he said to him, who appointed me judge or arbiter over you? See, he doesn't want Jesus to to sort of do things equally. He wants Jesus to take his side. And Jesus is like, no, he refuses. He takes this opportunity to warn about greed. He said in verse 15, he told them, watch out and be on guard against all greed because of one's, one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. Verse 16, he says, then he told them a parable. A rich man's land was very productive. So this man, his land has a really good year. And his success exposes him. It exposes that this is a prideful and a selfish man. He says, he thought to himself, what should I do? Since I don't have anywhere to store my crops, I will do this. He said, I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones and store all my grain and Uh, and my goods there. Then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is demanded from you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? That is how it is with one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God, this man is prideful and selfish. Notice that he believes he owns it all. Notice how many times he says, my crops, my grains, my barns, my goods, in verse 17, 18. Then in verse 19, he says, myself. He believes he owns it all. And notice that he never thanks God. It says that the man's land was productive. He did nothing to make it productive. He planted and went to bed. God did it all. All that you have, all that you have achieved is from God. The smarts that you have, from God. The new job that you just got is from God. The university that just accepted you is from God. The artistic skill that you have is from God. The bed that you slept in last night, it's from who? From God. The book that you just wrote. I thought Rochelle was going to be here when I wrote that down, but that is from God. The food that you ate this morning and will eat later is from God. The new relationship that you have is from God. The baby that is on the way is from God. The house you just bought, it's from God. The grace and the forgiveness that you're standing in right now, it's from who? God. God. That's why we give God thanks and praise all the time. Not some of the time, but all the time. It's all from him. This man lost sight of God, and when you lose sight of God, it's easy to lose sight of people. Notice that he has no plans whatsoever to share his abundance with anyone. 
He plans to spend it on himself. Notice, he's focused on self. He says, I, five times in his little speech. I will do this. I will do that. I. That's why Jesus calls him a fool. Notice it says, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded. See, a fool is a person who plans without considering God. He makes all his plan. Notice he never says God willing. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. A fool plans without considering God. A fool lives a self-indulgent life. Look at verse 19. Then he said to, then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. He's just self-indulgent. And a fool lives for only now, and they lose it all in the end. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Verse 20. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? He's going to lose it all. See, prosperity is a good thing right? It's not a bad thing. But prosperity can be very dangerous. Do you know why? Because when you're prosperous, when you're successful, you start to think, you can start to think that you're God. And that's what's going on with this man. He's, he is selfish and he is prideful. Jesus doesn't want you thinking you are God. Jesus wants you and he wants me trusting God. Look at verse 22. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about the body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens that they don't sow or reap. They don't have a storeroom or a barn, yet God feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than the birds? Can any of you add a moment to his his lifespan by worrying? If then you're not able to even Do a little thing. Why worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothed the grass, which is in the field today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, how much will he do for you? There it is again. You of little faith. See, worry and anxiety is a sign that there's a lack of faith. Don't strive for what you should eat or what you should drink and do not be anxious for the Gentile world eagerly seeks after these things. Jesus wants us to live different than the culture and your father knows that you need them but seek his kingdom and these things will be provided for you. See, Jesus says this because he wants you to have peace in your life. Jesus wants you to have peace. Look how many times, look at them. These are all commands. He says in verse 29, don't worry about your life. Don't be anxious in verse 29. Don't be afraid in verse 32. Jesus knows that when you are stressed, when you are anxious, that it's very easy to get greedy. And anxiety, when we're worried about our needs, can kill generosity. Do you understand that? When you're stressed and you're only thinking about your needs and yourself, it gets very hard for you to be free with the things that God has given you. But let me tell you what you already know. It's not easy to not be anxious. 
Somebody nod if you're with me. It's not easy. We were driving this morning and Kim's like, gas is $2.14. I almost ran in the back of somebody. I was like, what? Right? It's hard not to be anxious when we think about the cost of living, what it takes to survive in the city. But when anxiety strikes, do you know what you need to tell your soul? When anxiety strikes, you need to tell your soul, soul worrying changes nothing. You can be as anxious as you want. You're not adding time to your life. You're not adding an hour to the day. Nothing is changing. So let's not get into that. And then you tell your soul, soul, I know you're feeling anxious. Soul, I know that today feels like a a day where you're not going to make it through. But you tell your soul, soul, your father is the king. Jesus tells you about your father and your father. He takes care of the ravens, the wildflowers, and the grass. And that is a sign to you that God is going to take care of you, that he's going to look after you. If you don't believe me, look at verse 28. It says, if that's how God clothed the grass, which is in the field today, and thrown in the furnace tomorrow, how much more will he do for you, you of little faith? I want you to understand, too, that Father, I said this in the previous message, is a, is a title for God. It's one of his names. And it speaks to the fact that God is a benevolent king. That, I told you at the top, God is generous, right? This name, this what Jesus says here is this reminder that God is a benevolent king. And here's the thing. You cannot stop the king from giving what he wants to his kids. Let me say it again because not enough of you shouted. You cannot stop the king from giving what he wants to his kids. Listen to me. If God is going to give you something, nobody can stop it. Nobody can slow it down. And absolutely nobody can take it away. And what that should do to you is to fill you with faith, not fear. It should fill you with anxiety, uh, trust. Oh, no, not anxiety. Trust. Like you never mess up at your job. Trust. And not anxiety. God is looking after you. Jesus tells you all of this. He tells you this. He wants you to know this about your father. And you know why? So that you can go ahead and be generous with the things that God has given to you. That's the whole point of this little preamble. That's what he wants. Look at verse 33. He says, sell your possessions. And give to the poor. Make money bags for yourself that won't grow old. And an exhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can come near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He says, sell your possessions. That command right there tells you that generosity takes sacrifice. That you've got to be willing to give something up so someone else can have something. It takes sacrifice. A willingness to be generous. And you see this in the life of Barnabas. In Acts 4, part 2 of the Gospel of Luke. It says, Barnabas sold a field that he had. And he owned this field. It says he sold it and then he brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Barnabas sells. He gives this away. He gave 
So someone else can have. He came and he says, brothers, here's the money. I want you to distribute it to the people in the church family who are struggling, who are in need, who need help. Barnabas was willing to sacrifice. And you can just picture the, the apostles when Barnabas showed up. They're like, oh, Barnabas! Just use your imagination. He puts the money down and he said, Barnabas, this is too much. Barnabas, what about you? Barnabas looks at them and he says, brothers, I trust my God. They say, Barnabas, we're not sure if you should sell and give this away. What if something changes tomorrow? What if you, you fall into a tough moment? Barnabas says, oh, no, no, brothers, I'm happy to give. This is the way to shine the light. Brothers, I'm happy to give because what I just laid at your feet is nothing compared to what Jesus Christ has given to you and to given to me. This thing is small. It's a reality. Barnabas was touched by the gospel. And when you're touched by the gospel, you're moved by the gospel. And when you're moved by the gospel, it gets real easy to sacrifice and give to others. That's what's going on in this man's life. Generosity like this is the way to be rich towards God. Generosity like this is the way to guard against greed. Generosity like this is the way to put the kingdom first. Generosity like this is the way to store treasure in heaven. Generosity like this is the way to make money bags that never grow old. So go ahead and be generous. And here's the thing. When somebody says to you, Andy, why are you being generous like this? When they say, Vivian, why are you being generous like this? When they say, Drew, why are you living in this strange way? We're giving things up instead of holding on to these things. When they say, Jamila, why are you being generous like this? You tell them that because I trust that my father is going to take care of me, so I'm willing to take care of other people. When they say, why are you being generous like this, Sean? You tell them people matter more than possessions. When they say, why are you being generous like this? Uh, Phil, you tell them, because I got money bags waiting for me. And it's in the text. Come on, don't leave me up here. I'm not, I'm not making it up. It's the, right? Sabrina's ready. Money bags waiting for you in heaven. Jesus says it is an inexhaustible treasure. And here's the thing. You don't even got to get a security guard. To, to take to watch it. Why? Because a thief can't get near it. You don't even got to put insect repellent on it because a moth cannot destroy this thing. When you get to glory, I don't know how it's going to look, but Jesus is going to say, come here, Brother Jermaine. Look at these bags that you've been storing since you've been committed to live in a generous, generous way. And where your treasure is, your heart will Follow. Look at verse 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This text might be challenging you to sell something and give the money to somebody in need. This text might be challenging you to take somebody in, somebody you know who's struggling, but you have space for them. And you bring them in. This text might be challenging you to hold off. You're planning on purchasing something, but you're just gonna, I'm just going to hold off on that, and I'm going to give that money to someone else as a way to be generous and rich towards God and help people. I don't know where Sanjay is. You can come on up, Sanjay. Generosity speaks a powerful word to people in need. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to press it on you. 
It speaks a powerful word. I, I lived in a housing complex growing up, and we were, we were sort of in there. Our space, was, our space was tight. We didn't have much space. And then there was one week where this family, my sister's friends, we, we were sort of inside the house, and then we heard all this noise going on outside. And then we went out and we looked, and the family the, with the house next to us, were, they were getting evicted. They are getting kicked out of the house. Struggling family. We were all struggling. My housing complex was a tough one. And they had nowhere to go. So, but the, the people were, no mercy whatsoever, just putting all the stuff on the lawn, on the lawn. And so, you know, my mom goes over and sort of checks on them and all that. And then it's just going on for like a couple hours. And then we see them setting, using their bed sheets to make tents because they were planning to sleep on the lawn. <laughs> and so they, they set up the sheets and all their stuff is all around them and the mom and the the three daughters and the, the one son are just sitting there and you can, you can kind of see the, the, the shame on them and the struggle that they're, they're feeling. And then my, my mom and my sister come in the house and then they just start cooking. And they cook. Again, we, we would have loved to take them into the space. We, don't, we didn't have that much space. But my mom and my sister cooked for like two or three hours. And then they just took the food outside and set up a little table and just stayed with them. And my mom and my sister, and then eventually we were just, we were just all out there with, for the whole night, checking, my mom was checking on them, following up with them. And those people, to this day, never forgot the thing that my mom did for them. We didn't have a lot, but she looked and she saw my sister the same way, saw someone who had a need. And my mom did not hesitate. She did not hesitate to sacrifice so that those people know that somebody sees you, somebody cares, that even though you are in need, you are not all by yourself. Generosity speaks a powerful word to people in need. It says to them that you might feel unseen, but God sees you. You might feel ignored, but God is paying attention to the struggle that you are going through. You might feel like you don't matter, but you matter to God. You might feel like you're out here all by yourself, that you've got to fend for yourself, but there's a God in heaven who provides for people by using his people. It speaks a powerful word. So I want you to know, church family, you go ahead and be generous. You go ahead and be generous. And when you do it, it shows that your hope in this life and the next is not in your possessions. That your hope in this life and the next is in Jesus Christ alone. No one else. And you're sitting there, you're like, oh, Marv, I need a little bit more motivation. I need a little more, more motivation to, 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 to live this kind of risky sort of way, this generous way. Let me give you some motivation. 
verse 32. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your father delights to give you the kingdom. God is going to give it all to you in the end, and even more. And it says, remember I told you, you have a generous God. He delights to do it. He delights to give you the king. God gives with joy, joyful giving, and expects us to do the same. I'm done. Let's praise God for his word. Let's stand and pray. Father, we... We give you praise and glory, Lord God, for this reminder of how very good you are, that you are generous, Lord God, and that you expect us to trust you and to live in the same way. Jesus, you said that the poor you will always have with you. And Lord, this text is a reminder that the poor and the needy that are around us, Lord God, that you, you want us, even though they're, they're with us, you want us to help them. You want us to serve them. You want us to be generous to them. And so I pray this week that we would have our eyes and our ears open to those who are in need. And I pray we would look and remember the gospel that Jesus Christ gave it all so we could have it all. And now he says, go ahead and be generous. To not worry, to not stress, to know that you are gonna take care of all of our needs. So help us to live like you, God, we pray. Help us to image our Father well for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.